So um, <clears throat> I thought we'd talk a little bit about um, the uh, the chapter of my book I just more or less finished, which we've been segueing into here and there with some of the talks recently because it's on my mind. So um, that uh, that chapter is about uh, gopastami. Gopastami. Astami means eight, so it refers to the eighth day of the waxing moon in the month of Bhadra, I think. Bhadra? No. Um, Shravan. Um, and um, as we'll hear, it's a day that uh, that Krishna becomes a coward. Or, oh, it's a pretty significant event. Hmm? Um, the Srimad Bhagavatam deals with this subject in the 15th chapter of the 10th canto, which follows the, the famous um, and, and uh, very important um, three chapters dealing, which are kind of packaged together um, and referred to as the, as the Brahma Vimohan Lila. Brahma referring to the creator, four-headed Brahma, and Mohana means like to be bewildered, and Vimohana means very, very bewildered. <laughs> so the idea that Brahma, who is in one sense the um, the uh, founder, the founder Acharya of our Sampradaya, because it's often referred to as the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. Hmm? That's an interesting uh, point, um, how we connect Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation, which w- uh, began about 500 some years ago with a previous and ongoing lineage that is um, drawn in historical time to the um, significant Vaishnava figure Madhvacharya about what, thousand years ago? Hmm? Um, in Udupi, South India. And um, he, of course, um, connects his lineage and his own person directly with Vyas, who is the uh, uh, legendary author, editor of all the and uh, the, the voluminous body of, uh, of literature often referred to as the Vedic literature, which is, I believe, the most voluminous collection of, of, uh, of works um, on, the, uh, on earth. Hmm? And, of course, they are a collection of works that appear at first to be speaking about diverse and even unrelated and contradictory subject in contradictory ways at times. But the, uh, the follow-up of those works on the part of Vyas is said to be the sutras of Vyas, where in very shorthand form he uh, demonstrates the concordance of all of them, how they are all speaking to different persons of different psychologies and so forth with different degrees or measures of, of the same divine dispensation that are be palatable enough for almost anyone to, to and tasty enough, if you will, almost anyone to bite, so to speak, and to come within the fold of this uh, uh, revelation hmm? uh, of uh, through uh, through through sound, 
um, that, that is thought to be, from the Hindu perspective, kind of the uh, the the map or or the um, the instructions that go with the kit of the world and and and, and human life, hmm? how to take advantage of the human life, which is which is just a just moving away from animality, hmm? if you will, that in a positive sense, and towards spirituality, which transcends its own limits. And as we were speaking the other night, we all feel that you know, universally in human society, we feel that, that life um, is more than what meets the eye and the mind, and we try to experience that more and that's those events that we uh, by which we exceed the, 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 the previous limits of our mental and physical abilities are the events that are celebrated throughout society even if it's only as often say a ten thousandth of a second that wins a gold medal so the implication is that that from the Vedic point of view we are all trying to exceed uh, the limits of our biological and psychological uh, makeup, and the reason being is because we actually transcend those limits, being of the nature of consciousness, being qualitative in nature, rather than um, quantitative, for example, as the physical world is. We're of a different uh, category uh, altogether. So it's exciting uh, time to live, human time, and if we're fortunate enough to have, what does Govindadas say? Dulabha manava janama satsange tara e baba sindure. Dulabha means very difficult. Dulabha manava, to have a human life. Once one of my Urubais, um, God brother, was sitting with Pujapad Sridhar Marsh, my revered Siksha Guru, and he said, Oh, Gurudev, I'm so unfortunate. I'm making no progress. And Guru Marsh, without um, any calculation in his thinking, just spontaneously responded from his own perspective and vision, What are you talking about? You have a human life. Jalaja, Navalakshani, Stavarlakshabhimshani. You've passed through so many species through which you viewed the world from above, in the air, and from below, in the sea, and across the land, on four legs, and uh, and so forth. And, and now you've got this human life hmm, that's suited for something else. It's rare, comparatively. The number of humans in the society um, is certainly ra- is far, far less than the number of microbes on the end of a pin. Hmm? We're, we're a rare breed here. Hmm? We could be on the, uh, what do they call it? Endangered, endangered species. Endangered species. Hmm. Uh, and, <laughs> and of course, what human life uh, constitutes further from this perspective is that, is that it, it is being used for that which it's most designed to ask those questions, hard questions like why? Why am I? Meaning, purpose value rather than how to eat or how to sleep, how to mate. Those questions are there in the less complex forms of life. They're questions that pertain to the body and um, 
nature has an answer for them that's built into the system of each uh, species. But why? That can't be answered by nature. That has to be answered by consciousness itself, hmm? our qualitative you know, source, if you will. So Dulaba Manava, Janama. The human birth is very rare. And Dulaba Manava Janama Satsange. Satsanga means, you know. It means to have Sangha, the company of all of you. Hmm? And give you an association of those who are interested in that, which is real. Real means, in this sense, which is not here today, but gone tomorrow. And that's all of us. What we may think we are, I am this or that, may be here today, that may be gone tomorrow, that can all change. But that I am, as I often say, that doesn't change. Hmm? And that's much bigger than what I think I might be or could be or hmm, what I am. And that lies, of course, within. So, if you have human life, he said, and you do, and you have satsanga, you have a sadguru. Hmm? How far, how much progress you've made. So he's looking from a different vantage point. Sometimes in our own practice, we're looking very um, kind of right at the nose in front of our face and not seeing the larger picture. So it can be a little discouraging. Therefore, it's good to be in the company. Those who have a, a broader vision and look more at the film, the whole picture motion picture of our life rather than just the one frame that we're particularly focused in right now and trying to make sometimes the most out of without understanding it's only one frame. Hmm? And it's the frame that gives us the opportunity to um, enter into the whole picture of it, understand it, and um, transcend it, if you will. So, um, a rare um, opportunity, um, human life. So, um Brahma, um, we were saying, um, what was he doing? Um, uh, the four-headed, the four, where you're not taking notes anymore. Uh, <laughs> keep, keep, keep me on track. Uh, the last part we just said, it's from the 15th chapter of the Canada. Yeah, so that's the, that's the, ch- the chapter we'll, we'll talk about. But I was just kind of stepping back to the, uh, to wasn't that for a moment? for Madhva, right. So Brahma. Uh, the bewilderment of Brahma. The chapter we're going to talk about is preceded by these verses, or chapters of the Bhagavatam that speak about the bewilderment of Brahma, who is the founder and a charge. A charge means who teaches, uh, by example, of our whole lineage. Hmm? That he could be bewildered is bewildering. Hmm? But we'll, I'll, I'll just touch on it for a moment. But, but. But it's interesting that we refer to ourselves as the Brahma Madhva Gaudi Sampradaya because the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appearing in the world some 500 plus years ago has been connected to Madhva who connects himself to Vyas, the author of the Veda, hmm? and these, this diverse body of sounds, as I'm saying, that all are really saying one thing to many different minds to try to bring them in on some level. Hmm? Um, so all the flowers don't blossom at the same time in the garden, right? Um, in his his sutras, uh, there's this shorthand uh, work in which he tries to demonstrate that, that this is not just a jungle of sounds that's incoherent and contradictory, but if you understand the whole presentation, they're all speaking in the same um, 
uh, towards the same point. And all of these, as we were saying the other night, all of these diverse Vedic sounds all pointing to one two-syllable sound, Krishna. Hmm? Krishna. Hmm? So, in the Brahma Vimohan Leela, of course, Brahma is is meeting Krishna for a second time. He met him at initiation, where he appeared as an instructor and uh, and and spoke to him with his hand in the Kyan Mudra. It's rather a, at a little bit of a distance as the teacher from the student, if you will. But now, in these chapters, the Bhagavatam, he's meeting him in a circle of his friends who are dealing with him as equals. And this is a little bit itself bewildering to Brahma, would speak of the other events that transpire in those those uh, chapters. But we have a strong case to make for our uh, connection with Brahman. We are very proud of that. Hmm? Sometimes the Madhvas, in their lineage, don't acknowledge the Gaudiya's connection to Madhva and Brahma and look at us as some type of aberration or something in terms of a Sampradaya. But, but actually... Uh, in form, there may be some differences, but in essence, in one sense, we, our main uh, mantra, hmm? uh, the 18-syllable Krishna mantra, is the mantra that Krishna imparted to Brahma. Hmm? So, through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the same mantra is, is, is the, is the uh, principal mantra of our Sampradaya. Hmm? More so than it is in the Madhva Sampradaya, they're a bit of an aberration from the, from the Brahma Sampradaya. Anyway, a little bit of an aside, but we're we're bona fide. This is, is the idea here, and uh, it's it's okay that Brahma's bewildered because he's bewildered in the context of Krishna teaching him about him himself, and he is bewildering Krishna, a bewildering uh, figure hmm? that the Godhead could be on such, for example, equal footing with others who appear like him in very uh, festive uh, dress <laughs> and accompanied by all kinds of very peculiar and interesting paraphernalia in terms of instruments and and um, uh, other items uh, appropriate for herding and uh, and the and the, the playful life, if you will, of of of, of, of boyhood and early uh, adolescence. Um, uh, this is a very uh, extraordinary um, notion of the absolute and the idea that you could have such intimate dealings with the, the source of everything hmm? in a setting in which the fact that he's the source of everything obviously has to be... Um, Suppressed, so to speak, that it might not get in the way of that uh, of the possibility of of intimacy. So Brahma's being invited into all of this. He thinks he's coming for his own purposes and so forth. He thinks he's going to test Krishna. He doesn't realize that that Krishna's omniscience, which is always there, within, kind of buried under the the force and the power and the influence of the fraternal love that he's surrounded by in, the, in the, these leelas, but that that quiet at this point, omniscience is still there, and it's heard Brahma's prayers, 
and 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 realizing the extent to which he's understood his instructions at the dawn of creation and he wants to fine-tune them, give him some siksha. Hmm? So, of course, he does so not just by speaking, but through so many examples in indirect ways, and some of them we we, we, we talked about recently, that he he teaches Brahma in this lila and, and acquaints him with the ideal that he's initiated into, which is so ex- extraordinary, and it's causing Brahma's heads to, to spin a bit. So, we're moving from that into the 15th chapter, where Krishna's moving from the end of his childhood leelas, where he's a calf herder, into his boyhood leelas, where he becomes a cow herder. Hmm. Um, and the Bhagavatam, uh, of course, Brahma has just, before his prayers that end that Brahma Mimohan leela, he described Krishna very, very beautifully as he appeared before him with the with his um, uh, uh, his flute, his uh, uh, his complexion, dark like the rain cloud. That's uh, you got to appreciate the point. This is uh, like on the border of the Rajasthani desert where Vrindavan is. In the hot, the hot season there is is a very extreme. I think it's recorded in Ripley's, believe it or not. Or World Book of Records is the hottest place recorded on on Earth. So the uh, with the as the ra- as the hot season summer starts to end, the rain cloud comes, dark and pregnant with rain and bringing relief and all the nourishment, of course, that, that the rains bring as well. So for different reasons, Krishna's uh, complexion has been compared. To the rain cloud, it, 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 the color technically is, according to Indian aesthetics, is called sham, and sham is the color that corresponds with the emotional emotion of like um, romantic love. So, our God, it is lover, hmm? ultimately, hmm? and um, a subjugated dear Lalita, a subjugated lover. Hmm? Overpowered by his, by by his beloved, and hmm. So, um, Brahma describes him like this. He's got uh, that. I, I offer my respects to you. He doesn't quite say it like that. I offer myself to you. But he's really saying that with a longing to attain you, as you appear before me, with this complexion wrapped. Like a dark rain cloud, complected, wrapped in a golden a dress, like lightning, hmm? um, which also corresponds with how Narayan is dressed and described. But distinguish him from Narayan, which he's starting to realize now. Krishna at first appeared before me at the dawn of creation, gave me instruction. I was born from the navel of Narayan. And then the Krishna came, so I naturally thought Krishna is a form of Narayan. Hmm? But now I'm starting to get a different picture. Because as I was saying last night, he says, I saw that when Aga was liberated, hmm, he attained a sarup, a bhakti sarup, like that of Narayan. And then it entered into Krishna's form. So this is the beginning, he started to think, is Krishna the source of Narayan? 
rather than Narayan being the source of Krishna? Hmm? And are there possibilities that uh, accompany the Krishna form of divinity that are not present, that don't accompany, don't surround Narayan? And indeed, of course, there are in the very ideal that he's initiated into hmm? um, is is part of it. It's it's not available in majestic and reverential love of God. Fraternal love is not there in in Vaikuntha. As I was saying the other day, it's a very peculiar place. Three-fourths of the people there in the form of liberation that they've attained, Sarupya, which is one we just form like Narayan, Salokya, to live on the same planet as Narayan, Sarsti, to have the same opulences, all those forms of liberation by Kunta experience Krishna internally, or Narayan internally. Hmm? Only those in Samipya, a person lieutenant Narayan, observe him outside. Hmm? In other words, they're in, this is very peculiar, they're in meditative bodies. Their forms are meditative bodies produced by meditation. Hmm? By, that means by 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 a, a, not only a controlled mind, but a mind that's controlled by Krishna's Swarup Shakti, the internal energy, which is only moving for the pleasure of Krishna. So when your mind is overridden by that internal energy, which is existing, like moving uh, uh, behind Krishna like a shadow, just waiting, anticipating his desire and then facilitating it and so forth, your mind then starts to work like that only for the pleasure of Krishna, hmm? which is multifarious. I mean, he's Rasaraj, so he can, he has many ways, he's the, he's the source of all, you know, the, 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 the center of all enjoyment, uh, you know, like the stomach is fulfilled when we eat, hmm? and it's the center, in that sense, of our body that, like no other organ, can take and then transform what's given and distribute it everywhere, like the root of the tree, and similarly um, nourishes the entirety of the tree. So, um, so Krishna. Hmm? And so Brahma's, uh, excuse me, in, 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 in Vaikuntha, they're in these meditative swarups. Hmm? Uh, Shrup means like a form, a meditative form. The the the, the Sarup Shakti is taken over, and and they and they are living in a meditative world. I mean, it's the real world. Hmm? It's 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 not the world where things are here today and, and gone tomorrow. Hmm? Right? Which are all really the whole world is really rather. It's interesting how how. Uh, the extent to which modern society, since the time of the industrial and scientific revolution, is uh, um, oriented towards objective, third-person, verifiable uh, evidence to arrive at what is true. I mean, it, it works to an extent, sure. I mean, you know, uh, if you touch fire, you get burnt, somebody else touches fire, third person, you figure, okay, that's science. Hmm? Fire burns. Okay. Let me try my foot. Does it burn foot? Yeah, it burns feet too. Not only hands. Okay. 
So, you, you know, the, the, there's a way of understanding something about life, but it's extremely um, limited. Hmm? Extremely limited. To think that the whole picture could be arrived at by that. Hmm? And to think like that, one arrived at a pretty unhappy picture. Hmm? It contradicts the entirety of human intuition as to the idea that there could be that we could live happily ever after as the movies that's what we're all about we're all as I say we're humans are really living somewhere over the rainbow that's where we really live because that is the the possibility hmm, that that human life affords us if we understand it the Veda again is that body of revelations like the instructions that come with the, the toy or the vehicle, the vehicle of the human body, how to drive it, right? And how to get out of it. <laughs> also, how to park it and step out, right? As well. <laughs> get to your destination, step out. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, you know, the science is like that. The scientific experiment is good for, for helping to distinguish subjective thoughts and impressions that are not accurate, that are a result of an uncontrolled mind. Hmm? So in an un, un, you know in an uncontrolled mind, I mean I mean we 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 okay we want to live somewhere over the rainbow. You can say yeah that's just an illusion, and it's true if you try to go about it physically, hmm? right? Hmm? And we 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 acknowledge that, but we're talking about that there's a possibility of controlling the mind. Who understands it better? The, the psychologist or psychiatrist, behaviorist or whatever, that um, can't control his or her mind for five minutes, or the yogi who controlled the mind for, for decades in one place. Hmm? Maybe he knows something about the mind. Hmm? To have been able to, if he could control it, who's controlling it? The brain is controlling it? <laughs> So, uh, Jagannath is protecting me. Goodness, that's very inauspicious. Uh, I should be serving him. I will continue. I'll try. Jagannath Swami. So, so, anyway, in Vaikuntha, they're in meditative bodies, right? And then, the, the, so in Samipya, they're in meditative bodies, and they're seeing outside of their meditative bodies the form of Narayan. You see, this, there's the Antar Darshan, internal Darshan, and then there's the external Darshan to see with the meditative, you know, kind of mind's eye, third eye, or whatever you want to refer to it, but then to see that. Outside, I mean, it's a very peculiar idea, but it's taking it to another level. Hmm? We were talking about this the other night. How in Golok, hmm, in Brajlila, there the Gopas, the cowherd boys, and the Gopis, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, Krishna's boyfriends and, and girlfriends, they um, they don't uh, engage in meditation. But they do do Nam Kirtan. They're in meditative bodies doing Kirtan. They did Kirtan, 
to enter into meditative bodies, and in the meditative bodies, they're doing kirtan. So such is the efficacy of kirtan as the means and the ends. It's liberated activity in itself. You follow? Hmm? So Mahaprabhu was is certainly um, correct for emphasizing his the method to his madness, Namsan Kirtan. Hmm? So, um, so Brahma is somewhat familiar with the ideas of Vaikuntha, and now Krishna is drawing him through his omniscience, hmm? which is still buried by his by the, the intimacy of his present associates, but, but still there. Hmm? He can hear the prayers of his sadhakas. He can hear the prayer of Brahma, who he initiated, and he needs to, hmm, okay, he's kind of like going in the wrong direction. Let me bring him so that he can get focused here. He needs to learn Krishna's two Bhagavan Svayam, Samsambandha Gyan. Hmm? That Krishna is the source of Narayan. It's, it's a crucial, vital, essential point of tattva, right? I think we mentioned it last night that Jiva Goswami has termed it the Paribas Sutra. The Sutra, which is a very concise uh, phrase, full of meaning. Jiva Goswami wrote a whole book about this one line of one verse that he termed the Paribas Sutra. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. It's called Krishna Sandarbha. Hmm? One of the arguments he made is that some people say, well, it's only one line in the book and you're making so much out of it. He said, well, the sutras of Vyasa are only even shorter. Hmm? And they're explaining the concordance of all this jungle of sounds and how it's all pointing in one um, uh, direction, if you understand it properly. Hmm? So Brahma needed to be um, uh, get that kind of under his feet, this kind of sambandha. Hmm? So the we find that in the Brahma Vivohan Lila. His bewilderment, in other words, is, is kind of like uh, a, 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 a lesson to us as, as, as sadhakas that as we progress in Krishna consciousness, we should be open to the fact that, that what we thought it was, hmm, we might have to retire some of those ideas, hmm, which were good for us at that time to help us, but... Uh, now, a fuller dispensation is coming our way, and oh, we have to uh, exercise our minds and our hearts, almost like when we joined again. I thought I did that already, and, you know, and I, I got all the answers, and then finally it's it's over, and now I'll just relax. And, you know, in an on, ongoing way. Hmm? And, of course, this, I used this uh, illustration last night, it's like the work of a miner. You need a helmet, you need a light, and you don't have to go deep, and it's just unlimited what you can draw from the text, from the nam, from the practices. And therefore, prem, hmm? our ideal, prem prayogen, love is, is said to be full and ever-increasing. Now, that doesn't fit between the ears, but that's good. Hmm? It's not unreasonable. It's not irrational. It transcends or picks up where reason leaves off as to possibilities that lie beyond the confines of our mental, intellectual, physical uh, capacity. Hmm? So, um, so, 
Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradatsar lineage and so something about Brahma. Hmm? Now he's coming to the to the Braj idea. The mantra that he was given, the eighteen syllable Krishna Mantra Jiva Goswami says, one should chant this thinking like this. My guru has given me this mantra to chant by which I can enter into the Braj Leela of Krishna. Hmm? This is my sankalpa, my wish. Hmm? You see, and as you as you become through the influence of Krishna's internal shakti that bhakti is constituted of, hmm, then, then the influence of the maya shakti that's a, creating this illusion, that starts to dissipate, right? Hmm? That shakti, that maya shakti, it tends to override what we are and kind of freeze what we are as an atma in terms of our potential. We don't, under its influence, know about ourselves. We don't experience the bliss, the atomic uh, form of bliss that we are. We don't, uh, we're we're worried that we might not be. So we try to be secure. We try to be, find pleasure. We try to know without understanding that we are a unit of being, knowing, and ananda, and, and, and loving. Therefore, in many schools of Vedanta, and it's, it's true, and it, it's said, and it's true, it's not the whole picture, but it's said, stop trying to become and just be. Of course, in bhakti, we agree with that. Stop trying to become through material acquisition or moving the furniture around, Hmm? Um, you will never arrive at the security of eternal being. Hmm? What can you say about that? You know, if somebody asks, "What have you experienced?" and I say, uh, "In your practice, uh, among other things, I could say, well, in the very basic sense, I've experienced that I'm eternal." That's all you can say. What can you? Say? I mean, you could say more, but to start with there. Can you explain that? No. I mean, how can you, how can you, you can say it. There were English words say, I experienced that I'm eternal. Hmm? What, what do you, you could, then you could maybe philosophize about it, really, that, but, but the experience of it, hmm, you have to go there. It's possible hmm, to experience. It's very, uh, you can imagine it's, it's quite, uh, um, a warm blanket, if you will. <laughs> quite the, so I'm secure. Hmm. It's all right. Nainam chintati What is it? Nainam chintati shastrani. Nainam dhati pavaka. So nothing. Weapons can't hurt me. The wind cannot wither me. The fire cannot burn me. Gita says. Hmm. Uh, the water cannot drown me. Such am I. Hmm. It's speaking about myself negatively. I'm not subject to this. I'm not subject to that. And all this is. These are. Influences of the world. I'm not subject to the influences of the world, which, in a larger sense, includes death. And whoever dies, birth is certain. Whoever be born, death is certain, as the Gita says. So to get out of this circle of samsara. Hmm? So yes, I mean, we should be rather than try to become what we already are hmm? by just moving the furniture. But within bhakti, there's a becoming 
on top of the being. That's very peculiar. It's a very peculiar form of Vedanta. There's now you you be, you have a swarup as an atma, hmm? an atma. You're an atom of sat chit ananda, hmm? but that atom of sat chit ananda, its nature is such that it lends itself to nurture. Therefore, it could be nurtured by bhakti to and realize a potential that without bhakti it would not realize. But it is inherent in itself a potential. Hmm? By that good, good sangha, good association. What is that surup shakti? What is that sangha? It's association with sakya, with 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 with, with madhurya, and these loving sentiments of braj through the parampara, through the texts, through the songs, and in ways in which great saints have tried to express something about that which transcends the r- word and thought, and so forth. Hmm? That that are powerful because of of, of what behind them the the, the the prayer the song the poem the the uh, the, the treaties and so forth um, their movements and to become come in touch with that then um, have that make ingress into into our lives um, and then give us a potential that we wouldn't have otherwise so bhakti is not a right it's a it's described as um, What's the word? Um, yeah, but I mean, in Bhagya and there's a Yadrichaya. I knew you knew it, Chidhari. Yadrichaya. It is said that that Parikshit Maharaj, the emperor, was sitting on the bank of the Ganges. He was was told by an oracle that he would die in seven days. And so he went to the bank of the Ganges to deal with the inevitable, and he asked the questions: What to do at the time of death? Hmm? What to do in human? What's the real? What should be the preoccupation of human life? That such that at the time of death, one's learned a lesson and 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 can deal with it. Hmm? And so, so many people gathered to offer their suggestions and advices, and then Yadrichaya, where where the Bhagavatam comes out of without karmic cause or influence hmm, the boy Sukadev appeared on the scene hmm? it means from an influence beyond karma beyond the world beyond time and space he was moving Sukadev is depicted in the Bhagavatam as a as a sadhana siddha we're we're reading the Bhagavatam we're entering into the kirtan of Sukadev by which he perfected himself the anga of kirtan, the limb of the body of bhakti called kirtan, is how Sukadeva attained its perfection. So the Bhagavad—it's a certain type of kirtan, like a Puranic kirtan. It's the amala purana, the spotless purana in this sense, but it's a type of kirtan. Hmm? He became perfect by that. We are entering into that, his kirtan, hmm? and we—if we can watch also in the Bhagavad, his evolution, his growth. Hmm? So much there. To become acquainted with him, hmm? so he appeared on the scene by the transcendental arrangement, hmm? causeless. It's called causeless, without cause from within this this world, the cause and effect of of, of karma. He was above, beyond that. Hmm? So this coming from outside is a blessing, and from him, him he heard the Bhagavatam, 
which in no uncertain terms like answered the questions and more. Hmm? It's like you ask me a question and you know what you could get a really long answer. So these are the, the basic question that Parikshit Marge asked what to do with the time of death and Sukadev spoke for 18,000 verses <laughs> to give him an answer. Well, let's look at it like this and like this and let me tell you this story and to, to make this point. So I'm a authorized following <laughs> Sukadev. It's okay. <laughs> to hammer home the, po- the point, right? <laughs> so, um, so such is um, uh, good fortune, right? Um, bhagya, lucky. Hmm? To have uh, uh, satsanga, <clears throat> so um, in this way, um, Krishna, of course, is Brahma's guru. He brings him in touch with his form now as the object of fraternal love, the Vishayalambana, Vibhav, um, and the coward boys who are the Ashrayalambana, Vibhav, the, the personification of that love, and all the other rasic ingredients that are all expressing themselves, the Anubhavas, the Sattvika the, the Sattvika Bhavas, the uh, Sanchari Bhavas, different type of Bhavas of the of of, of Sakiras in in the midst of this whole forced um herding that Krishna's involved in with his calves. Brahma's brought into this as to the end the end of his childhood. So just at the end of his childhood where there's this that's this Sandhyam, this it's crossing into boyhood. He's been allowed to herd calves. And on those days, he went out for herding, but not too far from the village. Hmm? Some, sometimes just, just far enough that your soda could send out some some lunch and, and come back early. So her protective parental um, love is in, in conflict with the with the fraternal love. So your fraternal, when, it, when a young girl... Or a young boy starts to enter into, well, we call it from a male perspective, boyhood. I guess we call it girlhood. Uh, I don't know, but anyway, it's a little different, I guess. But at, at any rate, moving away from childhood, there's you start to have friends who become the center of your life more than your parents, hmm, who you used to tell all your secrets to, but now you don't. You have secrets with your friends. That you don't want to share with your parents. Hmm? So if you think back in your life to your childhood friends, you'll find that you're thinking you won't be thinking of children and friendships from five years and younger, but five, six, seven, eight from these years, when you're actually the center of your um, love and emotional life is moving away from the parents now hmm? to friends. Sakiras therefore means living in the forest. That's what it means to your soda. You're going to live in the forest? Hmm? More or less. We'll come up, I guess, as we go further in, 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 in the discussion. But um, this is where we find ourselves at the beginning of the 15th chapter of the Brahma Bimohan Leela. Now, the Kumar or childhood Leela of Krishna's ended. Brahma described him amongst in other ways as well. I said he has a dark complexion, like the grain cloud. He's wrapped in yellow cloth, like lightning. Narayan has that too, but he wants to differentiate Krishna from Narayan hmm, and speak about his excellence. He says, and he's got a flute. Narayan doesn't. Venu Madhurya. He's realizing that Krishna has a certain quality that Narayan doesn't have. He has this beautiful flute. 
It's incredible. Got different flutes. The Venu, the Vamsi, the Morali, the six-hold, the uh, nine-hold flute, the, the, the four-hold flute open on the end, some made of marble, some carved out of, of bamboo. Hmm? And the boy, can he, can, when he plays that flute, I mean, the non-moving living beings trade places with the moving living beings. Hmm? Um, earth turns to liquid and liquid turns to earth and so forth. And, and he's practicing with his flute hmm? to see if he could attract Radha. That's his... his, his that's the perfection of his of his playing. So he says, and he's got a flute. You've got a flute. Hmm? You're 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 different than Narayan. Hmm? How could you with a flute come out of Narayan who doesn't have one? <laughs> Something like that. And you are be dead with the peacock feather, which I said last night. It's got eye an eye, right? It's got eye, and it's and it's got beauty. That means it's it's wise. It symbolizes wise love. He's crowned with wise love. He'll be realized by love that's that's wise, that's um, that's informed by revelation, hmm? so that we move our loving propensity inward rather than outward through acquisition, which is only an appearance of love. I'll attach myself to someone else and use them to f- make me full. Hmm? How's that feel? <laughs> Not that great <laughs> from this side, you know. But I'm doing the same thing with you, so I guess we can work it out for a while and and, and so on. But uh, no, the full measure of love that we seek is not going to be found in that way because it's not wise. Because the object of our love in these cases, of course, is something that is only an appearance, right? It will transform as all things of the world do. So, wise love. Of course, it also, the peacock feather is also raised by the male peacock in a mating ritual where he raises his tail up and he has thousands of eyes. So Krishna's got like his peacock brother up and he's dancing with all eyes looking for to attract Radha, even amongst the gopis and so forth. So this is also Prema Madhurya He's surrounded by prema madhurya, venu madhurya. He has a rupa madhurya, a form that's very sweet that you can get close to. Hmm? So close that 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 when Brahma saw him, observed him having lunch, you know Brahma's experience is, well, the Mahapurush uh, comes to Brahma's planet there, hmm? Brahma Loka, and he's offered these sacrifices with mantras, and through ritual, he said to eat. Hmm? That God has been fed. I mean, not literally, hmm? but it means God is pleased by sacrifice. It means that when we stop taking hmm, and become givers, which is a little painful, we grow. Hmm? We become nourished. And where should we give? Well, we have to give to the center, like I said, to the stomach. So when we give to the center, hmm, love is born from the womb of sacrifice. Hmm. Yeah. It's not just an infatuation. It's a, and to have a meaningful relationship, you know, you have, there's a lot of, there's more giving than there is 
taking, and ultimately we were to learn that the giving is is the is is is, is it. That is the getting. That it. There's, no, there's nothing more full than, than than this. So, so symbolically through ritual, in Brahmaloka, the Narayan, the, the Godhead, the Mahapurusha is there, and he and he eats. He doesn't literally eat. Hmm? But through ritual and sacrifice and Vedic mantra and so forth, he eats, and then his chambers close, and he rests, he wakes, he eats, like this. And here, Krishna, he's not only eating, literally, but he's eating very nice village preparations, but very nice, and he's eating them, and his friends are eating them, and when his friends taste one of the preparations from home on a picnic lunch, as it was on the day of the Brahma Mohan Leela, when they taste something and, and this particular coward boy thinks, oh, that's the best. As soon as he tastes it and thinks it's the best, he takes it out of his mouth and puts it in Krishna's mouth. Hmm? Then when he tastes another one, he thinks, that's, that's pretty good, but not the best. Then he gives it to a friend. Then he tastes another piece and he goes, yeah, that's not quite as good. I'll, I'll take that one. Hmm? And each of them have different sensibilities in this regard. So all of them are best. Hmm? Dependent upon the particular tongue that you have, that means this is a very beautiful idea that there are there's individuality within the context of the sarup shakti. Under the influence of sarup shakti, the opportunity for having a bhakti body, if you will, and participation in the leela arises. Then, through instruction and following practice and sadhana, that opportunity can be developed. And when your will, I was saying earlier, is influenced by the sarup shakti prominently, more than the Maya Shakti. Well, the Maya Shakti kind of takes away your will and makes you just an automaton, like materialists think we might be just robots, hmm? programmed with no free will. Prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasa. The Gita says. Materialists say, it's only the brain. There's no real you there. And on one level, we agree. Hmm? There's a false I, hmm? And under the influence of the Maya Shakti, we are just largely doing what uh, the uh, our movements are the influence of material nature. Of course, it's animated by our presence, but but under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, which is illuminating, then all that we are in our possibility come to light. So we have will, hmm? and then under the Sarup Shakti, we can express it. That's how you hone the the opportunity that comes to you. Hmm? You hone the opportunity. Therefore, there are, there are, like Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, we approach the Guru and he may ask, so what are you getting from your practice? I feel like I would like to be the friend of Krishna. Oh, you're feeling like that. What do you know about that? Then he realized, oh, he knows what he's talking about. He's actually understood this. He said he's reading about that. He picked up this. So let me help him with some tattva. Hmm? Next session he may say, and so what kind of friend do you think? And I think like, and why? And so, and then, Oh, okay. and then he gives some advice, and then gradually, the will of the sadaka, that's largely under the influence in advanced stages of the sarup shakti of, of bhakti, hmm, is part of what um, the descent, the mercy, and the will together, that by which we arrive at our at a, at a diverse spiritual form. So all these coward boys in different forms; they have different tastes. 
Some think the Kachoris are best, some think the Samosas are best. Hmm? And because they all have different opinions, everything's best for somebody, and they're all giving it to Krishna. And so, so this is really, really, really different than what Brahma experienced on, uh, on Brahmaloka. This is a form of the Godhead, and he's actually eating, and he's eating, which is an intimate affair. You know, you like to sit and eat with people who you know. Otherwise, it's a little awkward. You can't really, you know, okay, I don't want to eat too much. I don't want to, you know, want to say the right thing, um, and so forth. So eating is, in Gaudiya Vaishnava, is inappropriate. So it's thought to be a real an intimate. So you want to be with intimate persons for eating so that you're, you're, you can eat to your full satisfaction, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's no problem. <laughs> right. So something like that. Uh, so this is a big, big thing in in in, in, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. We see it here. These coward boys—they don't even—they're they're relishing in the Brahman the opportunity to have a forest picnic with Krishna, rather than and leave home early, rather than have their large breakfast overseen by Nanda Maharaj, which can be pretty raucous itself. But still, Nanda Maharaj is keeping it kind of under wraps here. But now they're under themselves, and I mean, they wouldn't be doing this in in, in, in in Nanda's house, taking food from their mouth, putting it in Krishna's, and, and so on and so forth. So Brahma's seeing this, and this is, this is Lila Madhurya, Prema Madhurya, he's got the Venu Madhurya. The, the, he's seeing qualities in Krishna that are not present in Narayan. <clears throat> so, one of the things he says about him, to move forward, is like, and he's got these very soft feet, Soft feet, he says, describes him. The implication of this comes out as the 15th chapter begins, and now Krishna's moving from childhood to boyhood. From calf herding, he'll become a cow herder. Because the text begins by telling us, that, uh, by, by speaking about this Gopastami, the day in which Krishna became a, uh, a cow herder. Hmm? And the acharyas, have, have, the commentators have uh, referenced the um, maybe Padma Purana describing the day. I guess I said what, what did I say? The uh, eighth day of the waxing moon of, of this particular month on a Wednesday, uh, and so forth. This is the auspicious, astrologically speaking, day moment for Krishna making this transition in life. This is a big, big thing. Hmm? I said, previously he was coming back early, hmm? but as the days went forward and he st- moved gradually from childhood towards boyhood, staying out longer, staying out longer, at a further distance, and the, the leash, the motherhood, parental leash upon him was, he was st- testing it, stretching it, much to the disconcertion of, of Yashoda. And 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 that you would share then with Nanda Maharaj, Krishna's mother and father. Hmm. Uh, problem. Hmm. This and this was growing and growing for about a year or so of the of the whole Brahma Bimohan Leela, for example. Hmm. Um, and so, as I said, uh, Brahma described him as soft-footed. And the Bhagavatam in the fifth chapter begins by saying, "And his footprints." Hmm. Now. Were leaving imp- his feet were leaving imprints, footprints on the earth. The implication, the subtle implication of this is that he was, he has grown now. He's he's 
he's his boyhood is starting to physically, if you will, manifest. Hmm? And so he's putting on weight, size, to the extent to which now, walking on the ground, footprints will be left. Whereas in his childhood, that was, Brahma described that your feet are very soft. Hmm? His feet are still soft, hmm? but uh, by contrast, now they're leaving footprints. So it, really the chapter, the 15th chapter begins by saying, and here are the footprints to follow for Sakirati. We're going to now go over, go, over, go over them in brief, the Bhagavatam says here, in, in a chapter. Hmm? And it's going to be brief because this Poganda Leela has collapsed hmm, into two years. It normally, the Kumar Leela childhood goes to five years, and then from five to ten is the boyhood, and then from ten to... 15, 16, or 11, 16 is your adolescence, and Krishna never ages beyond that. Hmm? He's a wise adolescent. Hmm? Right? Um, uh, but in Krishna's case, then, this Kogandalila collapses into two years, and the distinction between his Pogan and his Kishore is very um, subtle. Hmm? And, and by the time the middle of his Poganda, which would be like his beginning of his seventh year, he's already starting to um, uh, poor Virag is coming. The this kind of um, uh, love in the separation of anticipation. Hmm? It's like you're attracted to a girl, but you don't know how to talk to her and tell her. Boy, that's tough. Hmm? How am I going to tell her? How can you, when you're a kid? So, uh, this 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 is coming in his Poganda Leela. Of course, one of the reasons is that, that now he is starting to live with his friends. He's not living in his mind with his parents anymore. He's got to go home. He loves his parents. It's his home. But still, he's living to, to herd cows, to go into the forest, to be with his friends. And it's an all-day affair. Hmm? As I said before, every day they go into the forest and every day they make a, a pact amongst one another. We're not going to return home. And they return home hmm, in denial of it. And the next day they make a pact again, make a vow. I mean, how... You you, ha, you have to draw from this how extraordinary is the are the Brudge bonds, the forest of Brudge. Hmm? How fascinating. Hmm? We'll hear more about it as we, as we go forward. But... Um, but because he's starting to live consciously, mentally, emotionally with his friends more than with his parents, th- that's who he's confiding in now. Hmm? Right? Not his parents. There are things he's not telling his parents. Right? So there's, there's, there's this shift. It's a major shift. And 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 in the context of living with his friends, of course, like Sridham, He's going to meet Sridham's sister. Who is Radha? She Radha Kijai. And the sisters of all the other boys, and so forth, like Sudam. Now, and then the Thakur describes Sudam as, as a, as a, as a, um, as a, as a, as a, as a like a cousin of, of Sridham, hmm? whose sister is Rupa Manjari. Hmm? So he's meeting all their sisters. This is, and Krishna is particularly susceptible 
to romantic love. And uh, so this Pogonda is quickly collapsing into or evolving, I should say, into into Kishore. There's this considerable overlapping. It only lasts for a short period and its excellences carry on over into the Kishore Leela. So this is how somewhat a little bit the 15th chapter of the Bhagwat um, uh, begins. And in this chapter and in this boyhood of, of Krishna, uh, there are certain um, other features that are worth highlighting. One of which is that Balaram's role now starts to become prominent. His role as the, as I sometimes refer to him as the Mariada Purusha in Krishna's life, the person, Purusha in Krishna's life, who oversees his behavior. Hmm. This is like a slight extension of the Vatsalya Rasa of Dishoda that accompanies Krishna in his fraternal love. Hmm. Because Balaram's Sankulbhav is Sakiras bundled with this this suhrit, this this uh, well-wishing, this uh, parental love, bundled with dasya. So sometimes he expresses some some just semblance of vatsalya hmm, or or dasya, hmm, while he's prominently and and in an ongoing way um, absorbed in fraternal love. So and this and this is really the power of Yashoda. Hmm. Yashoda has is so much. I mean, she is the mother of mothers. You know, they say the mother of this, the mother of that. Well, she's the mother of all mothers, hmm. multiplied a million times. Her affection for her son. There's no comparison to this. So it's out of parental affection for her son that she foists onto Balram this idea that he's the elder brother and therefore capable of being practically a, f- a father hmm, and protector. The older brother kind of plays that that role. But he's only eight years older. I mean, excuse me, eight days older. I mean, it's, a, it's practically like they're twins. So to say he's, he's the older brother, you know, he's she's just foisted this upon him. It's her parental affection that, that for protection of Krishna, she has to look, you know, Everywhere she looks to Balaram, so she's told him, schooled him from the start, something like that. Hmm? Of course, it's his Baba, but uh, this is what you're like, and so he has to kind of live up to it now. And he missed the whole Brahma Vimohan Leela, right? Hmm? Because of parental influence in another, in another sense. He couldn't go on that day, so he didn't see the bewilderment of Brahma, the killing of Agasur. He heard about it later from Krishna. So he's trying to make up for lost time entering into the Pogonda Leela. So one of the prominent aspects of Krishna's Pogonda Leela is the prominence of Balaram, where we see him, for example, um, later in the text, um, uh, slaying the Denikasura. It's the first uh, um, miscreant that uh, in the Leela that Balaram has dealt with. Prior to that, Krishna has dealt with Shakatasura, Putana, Bakasura, Agasura, so much so that the cow is starting to wonder, you know, mom says you're the older brother, but I mean, you know, have you done anything to show it? Hmm? Something like that. So he begins to just, uh, of course, she foists this on him and it becomes her own nemesis, right? Because then when it comes to his opinion as to whether Krishna should 
be allowed to herd cows. Uh oh. If he says yes, she has to. She her. She uh, she's like all her excuses and reasoning and so forth is is defeated. So it's a. Uh, Problematic, but anyway, we'll come to that. But Balaram becomes prominent. He and he kills Bob, this. Um, what's his name? Perlamba. Hmm? Danuka Perlamba. He in the Kaliyalila, which is also a Pogandalila, he takes a very prominent role there for all the in the life of all the Brajbasis, right? Taking them to Krishna and the Kaliya Lake and and assuring them, giving them assurance, everything's all right. So. It's, it, the, the chapter, or the 15th chapter, begins with Gopastami, a reference to that, the footprints of Krishna. We can follow them to Sakyarasa. And then what? A dozen or so verses cr- to, from Krishna in Hasirati, in, in humorous um, love, glorifying Balaram. Hmm? Hmm? So, it, it, it's, it's 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 easy to draw from this. Balaram's got, got a prom, prominence starts to arise in the Pogandalila. Krishna, just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, went to such extremes uh, at times and repeatedly to do what? Right, to make sure the devotees understood the position of Nityananda Ram that he would not be misunderstood. Hmm? So it, it, it's it's it's. It's coming from Krishna Leela. Krishna's making sure everybody understands the position of Balaram, his closest friend, his older brother. He's Bhagwan. He's very peculiar. I mean, he's he's a fully in Sakyarasa, fully a cowherd, and he's fully the object of coward love as well, along with Krishna. Hmm? He, 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 he is the object of that love, and he is the personification of that love that exemplifies it at, at the same time. Hmm? So, you could be misunderstood, and, and and in fact, it it happens. There are some sampradayas who think Balaram's a jiva, Vaishnav sampradayas. Hmm? But the Bhagavatam makes clear hmm? this is not the case. And of course, these sampradayas don't have that central focus of the Bhagavatam. They have not found the hub around which the sacred texts orbit and will be understood in context. Hmm? They have not understood the, just the, the common sense understanding of the Bhagavatam that's just like the nose on your face, the hat on your head that you're looking for. Where's my hat? Where are my glasses? They're, they're on your head. Oh, <laughs> this kind of thing. Um, uh, that, in other words, Jeeva Goswami said, hmm, well, he makes a big argument, right, in Tattva Sandarbha for the position of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? And when you read it, you think, how could anybody have missed all this? Every other Purana is glorifying the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam is describes itself as the, as the essence of the Shruti. You, the, 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 although it's in a Smriti context of uh, literature, uh, literature um, uh, genre of literature, it's the essence of the Shruti, the Upanishads. Uh, it's, um, it's the commentary, the Guru Purana says, on, on the Gayatri Mantra. Hmm? Um, it's uh, it's a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. Hmm? It's the Sama Veda of the of the of the Vedas, which is the Veda with all the hymns and glorification. I mean, it's position in so many ways. You you studied the Tattvasandarbha. He's made such an argument, and then a argument how okay okay how to understand the Bhagavatam. 
with this such spiritual common sense that it's so, that it's so uncommon. Hmm? When you read it, it goes, well, of course, but nobody thought of that. He said, if, well, let's, let's look here, let's hear. In the seventh chapter, Vyas is explained, the, the, the trance that Vyas entered into on the order of Narada, hmm, because he was, Vyas was feeling despondent, Narada appeared as this guru and said, here's why you're despondent. You should go into a trance and then come out and write something about bhakti that that establishes the position of bhakti in no uncertain terms, which you haven't done yet. Hmm? So he's, so then that, that trance of Vyas is described in the Bhagavatam and what he experienced. Then there you find this achinti beta beta tattva. You find the position of the Bhagavatam hmm, as the remedial measure, bhakti, the remedial measure, and so forth. And so that then becomes like the hub of the Bhagavatam about how to understand all of its apparently diverse statements, some of them which may appear contradictory. The contradictions are resolved by going back to, this is what it's about. It may say this, this word has different meanings. You could think it meant that, but you have to understand its meaning in connection with this context, and therefore we take that particular meaning. Now it's harmonized. It's, I mean, it's super, uh, I mean, it's mind-boggling, his spiritual intellect. Nana shastra vichara naikanipuno saddharma samstapako lokanam hitakharano hitakharano tribhubane manyo sharanyakaro They took Rup, Sanatan, Jiva Goswami, all of these Vedic texts hmm, and drew from them the, the essence with no motivation other than hitakharano compassion for the pe- for the people of the world. Hmm? It's an extension of what Vyas himself was instructed to do by Nard. Hmm? Then to take the Bhagavatam and now draw out of the Bhagavatam all these further developed ideas so we can live in it, just begin to live in the text. Hmm? This is the beginning of, you want to live in, you want Bhagavad Bhakti, you got to start to live in all the implications of these beautiful tales of Krishna. Hmm? Right? Hmm. So, uh, so Balaram is brought out, significant point of of tattva by Krishna in 10, 15, I don't know, verses, a number of verses. It's in Hasirati, which, which means with, 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 with some humor, which is, which is always very central to Sakyaras because it's a, it's a very, it's a secondary rasa that's compatible or a friend of Sakyaras. In fact, Sakyaras is the best friend, excuse me, Hasirasa is the best friend of Sakyarasa. Hmm? Second best friend is Virarasa. Hmm? Virarasa means like heroism, but it means like muck mock fighting, like young boys will do, girls too sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, but but here, this is all about, this is the Sakirasa center of the Bhagavatam, and so this Hasirasa is coming out. Hmm? And Balaram himself is the deity that presides over Hasirasi. Hasirasa. Hmm? Help us to further understand how Sakirasa is the best friend of, excuse me, Hasiras is the best friend of Sakiras because 
Balaram is the best friend of Krishna, <laughs> and he's the presiding deity of Hasirati. Hmm? So it, it's, this is reason for the humor, and then, of course another phil- kind of philosophical reason is everything that he's saying about Balaram is true for himself. All the ways in which he's glorifying Balaram are true for himself, which isn't to say that they're not true for Balaram, which is to say these two are equal. Hmm? It's also central to Sakuras. These two are equal, Krishna and Balaram, even though they're different. They're equal. Hmm? They're different in they're different in complexion. Krishna's dark, like the cloud, hmm? like the blue sapphire. Balaram's like like the reflective light of the moon or the or the crystal. Hmm? There's reasons for that, of course. Um, Balaram is really kind of like like the moon. It's he's drawing his light from his preoccupation with Krishna and then carrying it. Just like the light of the moon, which is a reflection of the sun, is very soothing. It's easy for us to look at, and it, it really pleases our mind and lights the way at night. Hmm? Whereas to look at the sun is pretty pretty hard to do, right? To look right at the sun. Hmm? That's why Balaram is also a Kanda Guru Tattva, the reservoir of the Tattva of the Guru. Hmm? It's said that the Guru is like like water, another analogy. Hmm? And uh, Krishna is like the sun. And the devotee is like the lotus. So in order for the lotus to flourish in the light of the sun, it needs the water. Without the water, the sun will just wilt the lotus. Hmm? So in this course, when we speak of guru, we speak of the very idea of of the embodiment of love of Krishna. There's Krishna, the object of love, and then there's the embodiment of love of Krishna. The Vishaya Lamana, the Ashraya Lamana Vibhav. Hmm? Our ideal is not Krishna, but love of Krishna. Love of Krishna and Krishna are one and different because the object of love and love, you can't have one without the other. They're different, but they're one. You can say they're different, but if you take one away, you don't have the other one. Right? So they're one, but they're different at the same time. Hmm? That's very beautiful. Hmm? And so our focus, Sakshadaritena Samasta Shastra, we sing in the morning. And Gurudev, all the Shastras say that Sakshadhari, Sakshadhari, that he is directly Sakshad, she is directly the, the, the Godhead coming before us. And then to complicate things and beautify them, the next line is Kintu, however, Praboriya Priyavatasya. The Guru, she is dear to Krishna. How can you be directly Krishna and be dear to Krishna? at the same time. So this is a developed idea. First we'll see the Guru as a representative of Krishna. Then we'll see he or she is a personification of a certain kind of love of Krishna that's that the opportunity for which is coming coming to me through our Sampradaya. Hmm? And 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 I I shall pursue such ideals hmm, of our Sampradaya that come through our Guru our Sakiras or Madhuriras. Hmm? Through all the gurus of our sampradaya, you can get these two. Hmm? Yeah. So there was a book that came out years ago by Thich Nhat Hanh. You know the the uh, 
Vietnamese um, Buddhist teacher. He has his Plum Village in France as his famous ashram. The book was into. I saw it once in the bookstore years ago. It's called Being Peace. Being Peace. People want peace. Be peace. I mean, I didn't read the book, but I thought, well, that was nice. And I thought we had a need in the book that says Being Love. Being Love. Peace is included in love, kind of. There's, it's the end of the war in love, but then there's also a kind of war within love, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. This is it's very, very charming mm-hmm. between Radha and Krishna, for example. So this is our ideal, to be love. To be means to, to become, I should say, be, become, become and be a vessel hmm, of Sakya Rasa, a vessel of Madhurya Rasa, an embodiment of that by following in the footsteps of those who embody that in the Leela and whose bhava comes to us through the Guru Parampara. Hmm? So be so, such a nice idea. So well, Balaram, he's like he is the uh, he, he he's like the reflect his complexion is like the moon. It's a reflective light, hmm? and it, it lights up the night when the sun is not there. So you can't see Krishna. People say, you know, you talk about God. Have you ever seen him? Of course I don't believe in God, you fool. I've never seen him, have you? Can you show him to me? If you could show me, maybe I'd believe him. This is, you get these kind of arguments. They're really uninformed, un, very uninformed arguments. Our answer is, whether I've seen him or not, that's an, that, that is not of a, a, a consequence. What I have seen... Yes, I've seen him. Can you show me? Yes. Come here. I will show you love of Krishna. Here is love of Krishna. Hmm? In in the historical person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, for example. Hmm? He chanted Krishna Nam and he passed out in a swoon. Hmm? He chanted Krishna, the name of Krishna and tears flowed from his eyes and bathed like a, like a fountain people around him. Hmm? There's no like psychological explanation or physiological explanation of the ecstatic symptoms that he manifested that were obviously and objectively de- derived from his preoccupation with the figure of Krishna in the and in largely in the form of his name. Hmm? Some of the Orient- original Orientalists. Uh, European um, British uh, missionaries really and scholars who came to convert the heathens the pagans of of Hinduism um, they uh, in coming in touch with Gaudi Vaishnavism they, they, they conjectured it looked like he was an epileptic this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he had these epileptic fits or something like that my reply of course is yes but epilepsy is not contagious hmm? and his ecstasy was contagious. It was it was it was caught by others, and they were taken up in it. And educated people of the time, artisans, philosophers, mystics, even like Keshava Bharti, Brahmananda Bharti, heavy heavy Shankarites, Vedantists, otherworldly persons became attracted to him. So there was a historical person, and then. In Guru Parampara, we have so many examples. Hmm? And we have examples cross-culturally, too. What about the Jesus of Nazareth? 
Some people say, um, I mean, I, 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 some people say, I don't believe that he, you know, returned from the dead. Okay, you don't have to. I couldn't prove it to you. They returned from the dead. But there were two other guys that were crucified, or one other guy that was crucified along with him. And then there was Barabbas, who was, there was a vote. And the Romans gave the choice to the people. One of these who will be crucified can be let go. It can be this Jesus of Nazareth or Barabbas, take your choice. And they, they chose Barabbas. Barabbas? Hmm? Uh, over Jesus. Barabbas was a criminal, but Jesus was a criminal of the state. Hmm? He was guilty of, con- of, of, what's it called? What's the bush guilty of? <laughs> well, they use another word. Conspiring or something? Cons- hmm? Collusion, yes. He's a colluder. He's against a crime against the state, treason. Yeah. Though this is, this is more worse than murder, right? Hmm? Um, <laughs> and so the, the, the Jesus was crucified, right? And so who was it then, uh, Dana? Who was it that heard him say, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do? Hmm? So, other two thieves, they heard him. And they became devotee. Barabbas became a devotee also. They heard him. They reported this. That's unbelievable. That's my point. You may not believe he returned for the death, but to say that in that condition, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That's unbelievable. That's supernatural. Hmm? So, love of God, how can it be if there's no God? Hmm? How can you do such supernatural things? How can you so harness the human passions hmm, that uh, you could make such a statement of universal love in the face of such uh, concerted, uh, uh, state-driven opposition hmm, and in such such a crude way, right? the crown of thorns and carrying the cross and the nail to it. And that's what he said? Hmm? I mean, that should be heralded. I mean, I, I mean, that's... It. So, and we can find it in Sufism. We can find it in other sects so to one degree or another. We find it in Chaitanya Map in a particular way. Ecstatic love. Hmm? Jesus more in kind of a sacrificial type of love uh, of sorts, if, if you will. Hmm. So where is God? There, If there's love of God, there must be God. This is uh, objective. It has objective. It's a subjective experience, but it has objective uh, symptoms. The ability to harness, harness the mind, the human passions. So these things should should be brought to the attention. And people say, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you can take peyote... Hmm? And mushrooms, LSD, and you can get the mystic experience. Hmm? I've taken peyote. I've eaten, I didn't try the mushrooms, I didn't get any of them, but I've taken LSD. 
Mm-hmm. And I've chanted Hare Krishna. And there are some very slight similarities, but there are very big differences. Hmm? You cannot chant Hare Krishna and think, I could fly and walk off a building. Hmm? You could do that on LSD or peyote. It, ha- it happens. Hmm? You can't chant Hare Krishna and then and then and then decide to, you know, murder the Sharon Tate or whoever it was, you know, in the '60s, famous. What was that guy's name? Man, Charles Manson. You don't get those kind of ideas. You can take these kind of uh, drugs. They can give you an altered experience, but but you stay inside of your mind's thoughts, and so then you you start to see how you're already thinking. And it, anyway, it's complicated, but you don't get. There's a noetic bliss hmm? in Krishna consciousness. It's a, there's a knowing, a knowing that's that as if there's nothing more to be known. I know. Hmm. I'm happy. I'm full. I'm complete. Something like this. And that's just the, the beginning, right? So, love of God, hmm? mysticism. We're taking we're taking the mystery out of it a little, a little bit, a little bit, hmm? to get someone uh, on board and and, and, and to, to pay attention. So this, if you want to sell Krishna consciousness, if you want to make distribution which so many are preoccupied with hmm? then what's the solution how will you do it hmm? just get on the internet and criticize everybody else <laughs> they're my bodies no you have to become Krishna conscious you have to be able to say forgive them ah, and that's hard <laughs> <laughs> forgive them Prabhupada but they know not what they do that's our our sacrifice (laughs) our pain so so uh, we're just beginning now it's this discussion of this uh, um, Leela this uh, opostomy we haven't gotten into the the details of that but um, again this uh, we're talking about this um, uh, Balaram Tattva Guru Tattva makes love of God, the, the personification of the love of God, makes God available to us in his apparent absence. Hmm? The light of the sun is present in the dark of the night in the form of the full moon that Balaram's complexion is, is compared to. In the dark of the dark. And it's so bright that it makes you can't see the stars practically but it's bright in a soothing way that you can take advantage of it, right? Hmm? And so the light of the Guru, the Balaram, is the like reservoir of that tattva. Hmm? It's appropriate for Krishna, the beginning of his boy, to be glorifying him, to put emphasis on him. And these are the, some of the points that are, are to be drawn from that, that um, comedic, if you will, hasirasa glorification. But again, it's a glorification in Hasiras because he's joking in the sense that what he's saying about Balaram, he's saying as if it does not pertain to him, when in fact it does. And Balaram's finding it humorous. Mm-hmm. It's also, Krishna is very much of gentleman, believe it or not. He's quite gentlemanly and and, and, and sophisticated person, uh, although from the coward section where you wouldn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not a very becoming mm-hmm for a person to just sit and glorify themselves. So he glorifies Balaram, and, and it's indirectly 
he's also glorifying himself and making this point again that for Sakiras, at any rate, Krishna and Balaram, they're equals. They're equals. They're in the center of the yoga pit. Hmm? There's Krishna Balaram on the right. Hmm? Hmm? They're facing facing the west, and there's Sudam on the in a circle around them on, on the on 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 the west side, and Sudam on the north, and Kinkini on the on the uh, east, Basudam on the the, the 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 south, and then then on the and it's overlaid by by eight-petaled lotus, and you have Stoka Krishna, Subal, others on those petals, and then, and so on. And we'll come to that. That all comes out in the, in the narrative as well, if you look deeply. But enough for this morning, I think, some introduction. To, so we'll meet again on Sunday morning. Tonight we'll have questions, as we usually do. And then I'll, I'll try to tell the story. <laughs> that was my plan today, but we didn't get too far <laughs> of the of the Gopastami. She Gopal Krishna ki jai, Gopastami ki jai, Sisaradu Madhava ki jai, Krishna Balaram ki jai, Gopinandu ki jai, Daisi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai, Shri Bhakti Rakshak Shri Radhev Goswami Maharaj ki jai, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada ki jai. Shri <laughs> <laughs>